I will tell of, his, of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have become you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage. And the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. And dash them in pieces like a father's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. His wrath is quickly kindled. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Now. Behold my servant, whom I uphold. Let us pray. Father in heaven, at the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, you proclaimed him your beloved son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Make all who are baptized in his name faithful in their calling as your children and inheritors with him of everlasting life. The same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading comes from Isaiah chapter 42, beginning at the first verse. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. 
He will not grow faint or be discouraged till, as, till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says God, the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. This is the word of our Lord. Praise the Lord, all nations. For great is his steadfast love toward us. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. May the children come forward for the children's message and the mighty mites. Today's children's message is Jesus Calls Us by Name by lay minister Bruce Slatton. Plenty, right? Yeah, you brave the cold. That's good. So, um, what, the, what am I holding up here? You know what that is? It's an old one. You know what that is? It's an old photo album. And uh, I suppose you probably have lots of photo albums, uh, you know, at your house. Uh, this old photo album has pictures in it of uh, our children, our two sons. Uh, there's some of Pastor Jake when he was quite young. We won't share those. For, for fear of embarrassing him a little bit. But uh, we have pictures of our sons in here, and uh, all kinds of pictures, like from their birthdays, uh, from Christmas time, vacations, all kinds of pictures of our two sons in here, whom we love so much, and that they please us so very much, and we're just grateful to be their parents. And so today's message has something to do with this, and our gospel message uh, that is coming up that a pastor will be reading to us. Uh, we get a chance to revisit the baptism of Jesus. And at the baptism in the Jordan, there was a voice from heaven that, that came down and said this. Can anyone read what this says? What does that say? This is my son, whom I love. With him I am very well pleased. And of course, that is God speaking, God the Father speaking of his son Jesus. As a, why do you suppose, why do you suppose God was pleased with Jesus? Any thoughts on that? Why was God pleased with Jesus? Hmm? Yeah, he was perfect and he came for a very specific purpose, to save all people from their sins. And so God tells us three things. First of all, he says what? This is my son. This is my son, number one. 
Number two, what? Whom I love. And number three, with him I'm very well pleased. Well, you know, at your baptism, which you've all had a chance to experience, and we witnessed it many times here in this church. At our baptism, when the child comes forward, the pastor gets forward and says, I place upon you the sign of the cross, both upon your forehead and upon your heart, to mark you as one redeemed by Jesus. And God puts his name on you. And when we see baptisms happen and your own baptism, God is saying, this is my son or daughter, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. Isn't that great to know that God loves us and he's very pleased with us. So let's pray and thank God for that. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to this world to save others. We love you, Lord. Amen. Okay, go on back to your pews. Epistle reading comes from Romans chapter 6, beginning at the first verse. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. 
And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Hymn of the day is Baptized in Your Name Most Holy, Hymn 590, Hymn 590. please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the gospel lesson that was just read. Please have that in front of you because we will be referring to it as we go along here this morning. 
Back many moons ago, before it was called the WWE, it was called the WWF. Many of you know what I'm talking about. Not the World Wildlife Federation, but the World Wrestling Federation. Before the WWF got weird and became the WWE, and it's, it, I don't really watch it at all. But I used to watch the WWF, and my, one of my favorite parts of every match was when the heel, the bad guy, he would come in and he's got all of, all of his friends and they're just pounded on this good guy and there's, there just seems to be no hope at all for the good guy. And then suddenly, suddenly, somebody's music starts. It may have been like the Undertaker or the Ultimate Warrior or something. Somebody really, really good and really, really strong. He comes plowing in. He starts beating up on everybody. Boom, boom, boom. And he clears the entire ring. And the good guy is saved. The bad guys go on. And they're scampering off into wherever it is that they go. And the day is made right again. And the good guy wins. And good prevails just as it always should do. I bring that up because in our text today, as Dr. Jeff Gibbs once said in, in, in a sermon of, of his, if we're not careful, we will have the tendency, when it comes to John the Baptist, to sort of, sort of pat him on the head and say, no, John, you, you don't quite know what you're talking about, but it's okay, now you just go on and you go and do whatever it is that, that you're going to do. But we shouldn't. And the reason why we shouldn't is because John is actively trying to get Jesus to do something that Jesus was not going to do, at least not in the way that John thought. In our text, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. And John would have prevented him. He would have kept him from being baptized saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consents. You see, what John the Baptist thinks that Jesus is going to do is what the good guy in the WWF match is what the good guy is going to do. He's going to come down and he's going to come in and he's going to start wailing on people and he's going to clear the room in a very forceful way. And yet Jesus comes to John and says, I need to be baptized by you because it is fitting to fulfill all, it is fitting for us, you and me, to fulfill all righteousness. And John's like, well, no. This isn't, this isn't what you're supposed to do. This isn't what the Messiah is supposed to do. He's not just supposed to come in and just get baptized. That doesn't, that doesn't fit with what I think that you are supposed to do, Jesus. You see, John thinks that Jesus is going to, to come in and he's going to have the... And, and every day of his ministry, he's going to have these overturning the money changers tables like he did that one day in the temple. 
And every day he's going to just go around and with his word, metaphorically speaking, and maybe not even so, he's going to start wailing on people and just he's going to he's going to clear the ring. He's going to clear the room in a very violent and forceful way. And then everything is going to be made back the way that it was supposed to. And yet he doesn't do that. He comes and he says, John, you need to baptize me. What? You need to baptize me because, as he says, it is, it is thus fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then John finally consents. John is confused because after Jesus gets baptized, there's still going to be disease, there's still going to be hurt, there's still going to be people dying, there's still going to be broken relationship, there's still going to be sin and ugliness in the world. John wants Jesus to do something now, right now, and fix it immediately. And Jesus comes, and what he does instead, and if you can kind of imagine this image with me, what he does instead is he comes to John and says, John, you need to baptize me. And John has already been baptizing all of these people in the Jordan. And so what Jesus does instead is he gets into the water, the same water that all of the sinful people before him have just gotten in. And he is baptized. And he is baptized by John. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us because we want Jesus to do something. Today, we want Jesus to do something. We, we oftentimes catch ourselves, I know I do, we catch ourselves asking him, are you even listening? Are you even watching? For example, last year alone, 10,000, yes, I said 10,000 third trimester babies were aborted. 10,000. Nations are on the brink of war. Families are broken. Sin is running rampant. It doesn't make any sense at all. Parents are concerned about their kids. Kids are, are concerned about school and different things happening there. Each and every one of us has a different scenario and a different story and different things that we are concerned about and different things that we pray to God every day. Do something. Do something. Aren't you listening? Aren't you watching? Don't you know what is happening? But to my knowledge, Jesus has not yet come and gone all WWF on the world and just cleared the entire ring. But what he has done, and again, we talked about this last week with the foolishness of God, what he has done seems very, very foolish to us. Instead, he gets down into the water of sinners. And he gets baptized. United with him. This is what Paul talks about in Romans 6. If you will refer back to that with me, please. It's our epistle lesson. 
Verse 3, do you not know, Paul writes, that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin, for one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. I don't know why Jesus hasn't returned yet. I don't know. I haven't been given that. But I know that I can't wait for him to come back, and I know that all of you here and all of those who are hopefully listening want Jesus to return. Because on that day he will judge the living and the dead, and those who believe in him and are baptized as his Messiah, as our Messiah, Jesus says they will be saved. And those who don't believe will be condemned. And we're waiting for that day when everything, as he says in Revelation chapter 21, will be made new. Behold, he says, I am making all things new, for the dwelling of God is now with man. But Lord, what about in the meantime? What about now? My family life is falling apart. I have no job. I don't know where our next meal as a family is going to be coming from. Finances are tight. Death is happening. Nations are at war or almost at war. People are arguing about whether we should be at war or not at war, and then in the process breaking the Eighth Commandment while they're doing it. What do we do in the meantime? The answer to that question lies in the exact reason why we baptize babies, actually. Because it is God's work. And it's not ours. And if it is God's work, then that means that we do not have to understand this in order to be loved by God. It is God's work that we are united with Him. And Luther talks about this. He says that because we have been united with Christ by being baptized into His death and being baptized into His resurrection, every morning that you wash your face, every morning that you take a shower or a bath, let it be a reminder to you that you walk in newness of life every day. And it may seem like sin, death, and Satan are winning and that Jesus doesn't care, and that he's not watching. But he has already won the victory. You see, you and I walk in newness of life with God every single day, every morning that we wake up. And this is what he continues to do for us every single day. He gives us his very body and blood to eat and drink for the forgiveness of our sins. 
And he says to his disciples at the end of this book, at the end of Matthew, he says in Matthew chapter 28, go into all of the world, every corner of it, and baptize. And baptize in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Because this is what you and I need in the meantime. Until Christ returns. And this is what he does. And this is what he has done. You have been united with Christ. I I read that again from, from Romans 6. You have been united with him in his death. And because you have been united with him in his death, you will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Your old self, this world's old self, all of the sin has been put to death. Christ has killed it. When he was sacrificed on the cross, he put death and sin and the power of Satan to death. And as it says in verse 7, for one who has died has been set free from sin. So because of Christ, you have been set free. There is no longer any condemnation. There is no longer any sin. There is no longer anything in heaven, on, in, in heaven above or on earth below that can separate you from this being united with Christ. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Be assured that your God is watching you, watching over you. Be assured that your sins have been forgiven. Be assured that He knows your current plight. Hebrews says that we do not have a great high priest that, is not, uh, that does not know what it is to go through suffering, but a great high priest that has gone through every form of suffering that you and I have. And that's why he gets down into the water. And that's why he gets down into the water with sinners. And that's why he got down into the water, whether it be at this font or whatever font or lake or river or wherever it is that you were baptized at. Jesus got down into that water with you and proclaimed you as his own and said, you are mine. And you belong to me. And forever, not just until the day that you die, but forever, you belong to me. And forever you and I are United. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of Christ. Please be seated. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings in the pew that you're in is a red sign-in book. And so whether you are a member or a guest with us, we ask that you please fill that out so we know that you were here uh, with us this morning. We collect our tithes and offerings. Mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. Radio broadcast is made possible by... Lutheran Church, please contact the church office for how you can help. The 8th grade chili cook-off, which is their fundraiser for the 8th grade trip, is on January 26th following church. If you wish to compete, drop off your chili by 845 that morning in the Fellowship Hall. All donations go to support the 8th grade class trip to Tulsa. It's a voters meeting on January 26th, right after the chili cook-off. Uh, it'll be a food and gathering for the needy on January 19th, February 2nd, February 9th. If you know of anyone in church, anyone in need, sorry, please contact the church office. On March 5th, the St. Paul Choir from Concordia will be at Trinity for a concert in the evening. Please look to your schedule. We will need housing for 52 guests just overnight after the concert and for an early breakfast. Their departure will be early the next morning. If you have room, please contact Betty Sawyer. There are several ladies' aid Bible studies that meet during the week in the surrounding areas. For more information, contact the church office. We now rejoin the congregation during the worship service. Please stand for prayer. In a few moments, we'll go to our Lord in prayer, but a couple of things to make note of. Uh, Virginia Bremer Scott, uh, she has cancer and is now has transitioned into the Hermitage Nursing and Rehab Center. And Judy Lady is uh, currently back in the hospital and currently going through cancer treatment. And then we have the Haynes family. Dan and Joan Haynes, as you know, are part of this congregation. A tragedy has, has struck. Uh, their granddaughter, Zoe, has passed away, leaving a little child behind. And so uh, this little child will now be raised by Dan and Joan's daughter, Diane. So we need to keep them in our prayers and in our thoughts. So with that, let's go to the Lord in prayer.
Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and leading us here safely so we can worship you. As this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week that through our baptism you have claimed us as your own, redeemed us, so that we might live with you in your heaven. For that we give you thanks every day. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery. We lift up all of those on our health list. Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Bob Curtit, Bob Dotson, Bob Yelenek, Gary Degan, Gary Magruder, Emma Conklin, Brenda, Wayne Towers, Rosemarie, John Alexander, John Eden, Debbie, Mary, Lisa, Catherine, Joe, Phil, Judy, Louise, Ruth, Dana, Virginia, Dennis Nost, Little Sutton Grace, Margaret Holly, Norma Kaiser, Roy Oberman. All of those, Lord, on this list we lift up to you, as well as those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer and sustainer of life. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely. Use the trials and challenges they face to grow closer to you. Give them a sense of your presence during this difficult time as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally, in our state and in our local communities. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. Lift up to you in prayer Christopher Smith, David Hessman, Luke Sharp, and Derek Moore. We also think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your angels to watch over them, to protect them against all harm, strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. I pray for anniversaries and the celebration of Christian marriage. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you instituted holy matrimony, blessed and honored it with the presence of your Son at the marriage feast at Cana in Galilee, and even now continue to protect and preserve it. We thank you for the fatherly love and grace which you have bestowed on Tom and Deborah Porter for celebrating 45 years of marriage, as well as Roy and Regina Oberman who celebrate 40 years of marriage, and Brad and Marla Stewart, who will be celebrating 39 years together as husband and wife. Continue to be with them, Lord, until the end of their days, even as you have guided them in the past. Be their health, strength, refuge, and life, as they serve as an example to all who honor your blessing of marriage. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we honor you by many names. Today we pray to you as the Lord and giver of life. We pray for all those who mourn the loss of a loved one. We lift up the family and friends of Zohanes. 
Zoe is now with you, Jesus. She has at last seen you face to face. We give you thanks for keeping your promise of receiving into your heavenly kingdom all who believe in your promise of salvation through faith. Gracious Father, it's at times like these that we need you to give those who grieve an extra measure of your grace and love. Give Diane and Zoe's child strength and good health as Diane now takes on the task of raising this child. Be with all who mourn and comfort them with the assurance that all believers will one day be with you and all the saints that we spend eternity in heaven where there is no more pain, loneliness, or despair. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, I offer up a special prayer for this congregation of yours. As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's most important in our lives. Help each of us find the time to be in your word, spend time in daily prayer, strengthen our hearts for mission, and finally, nurture the love we have for you and one another. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places Give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he has now risen from the dead and lives to reign to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to newness of life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. together that the Lord ourself, that the Lord himself gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. And with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, we took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. First communion hymn is What a Friend We Have in Jesus, M770, M770. The second hymn is Beautiful Savior, M537.
It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church, Christant, Missouri. We pray that you benefit spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday at 10 a.m. If you're not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this radio broadcast, KKBL FM 95.9 or on ChristAtRadio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Scott George. We now return you to the studios of KKBL. Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Closing hymn is Thy Strong Word, hymn 578, verses 4 through 6. Hymn 578, verses 4 through 6.
Just a few announcements before we close for today. First of all, the 8th grade chili cook-off and live dessert auction is on January the 26th following church. If you would like to compete, drop off your chili by 845 in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, all, of the all of the donations go to support the 8th grade class trip to Tulsa. The voters' assembly meeting is on that same day, January the 26th at 1 p.m. In lieu of a potluck, we uh, are in, uh, sorry. In lieu of having a potluck, please join us at the eighth grade chili cookoff. And then on March fifth, uh, just a few months from now, the St. Paul's Choir from Concordia, Missouri, will be at Trinity for a concert in the evening. Uh, take a look at your schedule. We will need housing for fifty-two guests just overnight after the concert and for an early breakfast. Their departure will be early the next morning. If you have room for housing, obviously not for all. But for some, uh, please contact Betty Sawyer, uh, and that would be very, very helpful. And with that, I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you're not able to be with us in person, we invite you to attend by means of this broadcast on FrystatRadio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Scott George.